you know, discussion on race and um, privilege. You know, uh, I'm not very, I'm not a very good public speaker, so I wrote something down that, uh, to help me. Um, so, uh, what is privilege? You know, a privilege is a special right and advantage or immunity granted to or available only to a particular person or a group. Um, with that definition, um, we can all agree that we all have certain advantages, you know, based on, you know, our social structure. Um, and so the very concept of race um, based on the color of our skin is a very Western concept. It's not something that I grew up knowing, you know, I didn't know I was black. I mean, I grew up in Nigeria, and like whenever you filled out any forms, um, like say, for like application for job or school, there's no place to take, oh, I'm black, or I'm white, or I'm, you know, Asian, or whatever. You just put in your name, uh, your address, or wherever you're from, from, they don't care if you're black or white. So I didn't know I was black until I moved to the U.S. Mm -hmm. and filling out, you know, forms for school, and they'll go, are you white or black or Hispanic or other? And I'm looking like, uh, where, what am I supposed to put? Like, I don't know. I, I didn't know I was black. Um, and so it's a very weird concept. You know, growing up in a place and then moving over here and then being told, you know, oh, you're black. Okay, okay, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, the concept of race based on color of your skin is a Western concept used to divide people based on the color of their skin for the purpose of slavery. Um, the, the whole concept of dividing people based on the color of their skin, the main purpose is to enslave, enslave Africans. Um, um, white privilege is not a new concept. Uh, it dates back hundreds of years. For example, during the transatlantic slave trade, in the Americas, white people could not be slaves. Um, you know, only people from Africa can be slaves. You know, uh, white people were uh, were considered indentured servants, so you could work your way and gain your freedom. Whereas um, slaves from Africa, they can't work their way out of slavery. You're always a slave. Your children are slaves. Um, so that that's as extreme as that sound. That is white privilege is an example of you know, white privilege. You know, white people have the privilege of working themselves out of indentured servitude. Black people could not work themselves out of slavery. Um, so what is white privilege? You know, white privilege describes uh, advantages and benefits people have simply because they are white. Um, uh, this privilege occurs in many levels of society. It is often not seen by white people because it is status quo. You know, it's something that you're born into. Uh, you might not recognize it as a privilege, but to uh, non-white people, because it's not uh, the, it's not something that they know. Um, white privilege is interacting with the police or authorities without fear of being profiled based on the color of your skin. Um, it is something that, unfortunately, that I've experienced myself. I can give you an example. Um, uh, was uh, about two years ago. I was just uh, leaving my subdivision and going to a friend's house. Um, as soon as I pulled out of my subdivision, there was a cop car coming to my left. I turned right, and he pulled behind me. As soon as I crossed the light, I saw his light come on. 
So I pulled over to the side of the road. And then he comes to my window, window, starts looking at my car, and then tells me my car fits a description of a car that someone drove in, shoplifting. That makes no fucking sense. You, you saw me pulled out of my subdivision, and you're telling me the car that I'm driving fits a description of a car that was used in a shoplifting. Has anybody here experienced something like that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I first moved into the neighborhood that I live in now, literally getting pulled over every single day. We were the first like black men to buy a home in our neighborhood. And so we were getting pulled over like all the time. Most especially my brother. I got pulled over less than he did, but if I was with him we were getting pulled over because we, we weren't supposed to be there. It's it's a normal thing. Yeah, so that was one of my first, uh, was an unfortunate interaction, but they kind of like fucked up my whole day. Um, I'm very, very nervous if you can't tell. You're going to I know. White privilege is living in a neighborhood without facing discrimination or having parks and grocery stores. Um, and it's knowing you will be treated fairly by your teacher in your classroom. Um, when people when people say like having you know access to food as a white privilege, it's 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 a weird thing to consider that you know having access to grocery stores as white privilege. Like you know, I was researching and I found this, there's a term called uh, food desert that between areas where they don't have access to grocery stores to get food, and it's mostly uh, predominantly black. Uh, neighborhoods and which is uh crazy yeah they did that in uh south memphis a few years ago because i do a lot of volunteer work with methodists and when the kroger closed mm -hmm. the, a lot of those people are elderly and they don't have cars they're not driving as much the closest grocery store they had was kroger on union or sprouts or whatever it is out there on poplar well first of all most of those people on a fixed income they can't afford that. So they had to either go there or try to get a lot of people from Methodist was doing like food basket donations and stuff like that. And then when, what is that cash saver or super low, whatever yeah. that is, that's over there now. Yeah. That's the only grocery store they have. Wow. They've got the best line too. Yep. Yeah. 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 And that's that's one of the most like medical medically deficient areas in the city. That area, the three eight one oh nine zip code, because Methodist does a lot of uh, diabetes and uh, high blood pressure, cholesterol, A one C stuff over there. Cause some of them people don't even have refrigerators to keep their insulin cold. It's just that bad. But go a few streets over into Midtown, where the money is. Where the what they call them the yuppies are, everything is right there, and they look at the people like they crazy when they come shopping on Poplar. Like, what the fuck are you doing in here? Well, I need eggs too. <laughs> um, so recognizing white privilege acknowledges the injustices that Black and Indigenous people of color experience that white people do not. It does not mean white people live free of hardships. 
It just means racism based on the skin and discrimination based on the skin of your color is not vulnerable. So my experience as a black person in uh, America is different from you know black people who were born here. Because um, I grew up in Nigeria. I was born there, grew up there. I only moved to the US when I was 17. So uh, my experience is very limited. You know, I have experienced racism. Um, exam I mean, it's very, it's funny to say, but um, I remember a couple of summers ago, one of my uh, friends came from uh, Dallas to visit us, um, and she wanted to get shaved ice. Um, I don't like shaved ice. So I, we just drove around looking for those uh, street vendors that sell shaved ice. So we pulled in, and he took a look at us and said, let me guess, you want the watermelon flavor. Oh, <laughs> oh the fuck? God. Yeah, that was, that was my welcome to Mississippi moment. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't funny, but it was funny at the same time. <laughs> um, the lovely stereotype. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, so it's a, uh, it's very, you know, it's a stark contrast to you know growing up over there and, you know, and uh, we come in like in Nigeria we come in all different shades from dark to you know, light. My yeah, <laughs> that um, my my mother was light skinned my grand my grandmother was light skinned um, Dude, you light skinned Am I? Yeah. No. On my on my radar, you light skinned. <laughs> and uh, you know, imagine suddenly coming, moving to the U.S. and being told, "Hey, you're black." And I'm like, "Okay." Uh, and then the and I still till this day I, I don't know who the other is. Like when they have the other in, in forms and stuff, mm -hmm. I don't know what you're supposed to put Maybe there. Maybe multiracial people. I don't know for shits and giggles. I put out a albino on there. I do because we're not we're not counted because it's in every ethnicity so we're not counted but up until probably about 20 years ago white people just realized that their blonde haired blue eyed babies who couldn't see are albino mm -hmm. they I mean seriously they are just now catching up and it's almost scary what they're doing to these babies because they're having surgeries on their eyes in six and seven months because they just gotta correct it Cause nothing can be wrong with this baby. Heather cannot be blind. Why? And it's it's just a whole like he didn't know that he was black till he moved over here. Race was not discussed in my family. I'm from Chicago. I knew that I was light skinned. I knew that my sister was light skinned. My mother was dark. My mom said when she had me, instead of them bringing me directly in the room to her, they was like, wait, we have something to tell you. She said, she was like, where's my child? Well, your child has what is called, um, she's an albino. My mom was like, okay, where's my child? Because I didn't know, they grew up with a girl. They called her Blondie, who was an albino. So it wasn't a shock to my mama. What was a shock to me was going to school, being teased, having to defend the fact that I'm black to black people and then make white people understand I am black. <laughs> so I'm fighting on both ends like, 
And then it got worse when we moved down here because you don't see many of us walking around down here. In Chicago, it's prevalent. You, you see a lot of albinos. We are going to school. We are working. We're doing this. We're doing that. And I'm sure there are some in the South, but I've been in this area since I was 16. I think I have met three albinos, and I'm 47. And you only, I only see them when, like, I'm in Walmart or a Kroger or when I was working at the beauty shop. It was a little girl. She used to come get her nails polished. But other than it, you don't see them. You, I don't see them out and about or anything like that. So it's it's weird. And nobody told me that I was black. I just deduced that, hey, all my family dark, so okay. But yeah, for shits and giggles, like on job applications, especially when I wear my wig and put my makeup on, I put a bio on there. I remember walking to the interview for Macy's. And the lady was like, she called my name, and I had a long ponytail, and I got up. You're black. You think? <laughs> I'm just saying, you think. When I went to my first day of high school, because I finished high school down here, one of the girls came up to me. I knew you was black. How? How did you know that? You got a big butt, first of all. That is a stereotype. <laughs> it's a lot of black women don't have big butt. It's a lot of white women with ass. I'm just saying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Point in case. I thought about it, but I didn't want to. <laughs> but it's it's so crazy, y'all, because nobody wants to have a conversation. But I used to make the joke. Because my experience is different of my darker skinned friends. Think if we was in slavery days, for real. I would be in the house. You're right. Because to keep me out in the sun would kill me. So I would probably be raised like massless children. Because if I'm out in the sun trying to pick cotton, I'm going to burn to death. I'm going to blister and it's going to kill me. And it's just crazy. Like I told you when I was reading your paper, the concept of race based on the color of your skin, it just does not, it doesn't make sense to me. How can you not like somebody because of the color? Okay, so what? I'm not supposed to like somebody because they got pimples? Or because their hair is green? Can we unlearn this? Because it just... We can it's uh it's thought um and just piggybacking on what she said about uh her being um raised in the house rather than outside it's another uh justification for uh enslaving uh, black people is because they felt like black people can withstand the sun we don't get sunburned we do get sunburned yes y'all do it's just <laughs> are just not gonna see it on our, you know, our skin but we do get sunburned equally yeah. um so what do we do about um white privilege. Um, the first step to understanding any issue before attempting to remedy it is to admit that there is an issue to begin with. You can't say, you know, because I hear people all the time, oh, I don't see color. Like, you, you would have to literally be blind to not see color. Or you literally have to be colorblind. And even colorblind people see other colors. And do. Um, <laughs> so while it is a normal 
you know, endeavor to not see color or to, you know, treat people equally, um, not recognizing that there is a disparity in the ways we as a society treat people based on systemic factors born out of slavery does an injustice to the day-to-day -day lives of non-white people. Um, you know. So how can we say we don't see color when the very forms that we fill out for our job applications or for whatever things you know, we have to do every day ask us to identify ourselves as white, black, Hispanic, or other. So you can't say, oh, you don't see color. Because every single day you pull out a form, you know, fill out a form, it says white, black, Hispanic, or other. The very systems that we are a part of divide us based on our color. So there's nothing wrong in identifying as white or black. But we have to recognize that there are, that there are systemic privileges that come in well, come with identifying as white. Um, that is not saying that white people do not face other hardships, but being white is not one of them. Uh, in the 1930s, uh, the civil rights activist and author W.E.B. -E. -E. Du Bois referred to white privilege as the public psychological wage that allowed poor white people to feel superior to poor mm -hmm. black people. Mm. You know. That's an interesting take. Yeah. In uh, modern times, white privileges ranges from being terrified of interacting with police officers and fearing for your life to as little as trying to buy a Band-Aid from Walgreens and seeing it only comes in one shade. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you. Good job. Very good job. I'm proud of you. Questions, comments, concerns? We have an activity too. Yeah. I got a comment. I think one of the things that we have to consider too is that Sometimes we all, we all have privilege in different ways, but also remembering that when people enter into spaces, you have to be mindful that they don't have the same privilege that you do, and how you interact with them determines if they want to remain in that space. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, I can actually uh, say something to that, because uh, um, I'll say um, you've all seen me fairly, here fairly uh, for, for a while. And my, mostly I just like sitting down in one little corner, maybe I have my shades on, because I don't like people looking in my eyes. <laughs> and just, you know, uh, uh, I smile. I, I grew up in a house where, you know, when uh, we didn't like taking pictures, or rather uh, during, uh, during times um, when we want to take a picture, it was more forceful. And so whenever you see a picture of my whole family, nobody's smiling. Because my dad wants to take, take a picture and everybody's just frowning. And so I don't know how to smile in photographs. <laughs> so I feel awkward when I'm smiling. I, I try to smile, but somebody did approach me one time and told me I didn't look approachable, which was like kind of like took me like aback a little bit. Like, like what did I do? I'm just minding my own business. Um, but yeah, like you know, the way we interact with people in these spaces uh, does tend to affect you if they want to come back. Here, uh, fortunately for me, I don't come for that person. I came, I come for like other people who, you know. So I'm here, and I'm gonna remain here. Um, a comment to add to that is 
those of us here worldwide have a privilege in the space of being very well represented. On a typical night, we're 85% white. It's both. Uh, it only, only in the last month or two has that percentage really ticked down. And that's been towards massive efforts made by Loring and the BOC community to, to be a force. But when you look at the imagery on our walls, when you look at the most of the imagery on Instagram, on, on that life representing BDSL, uh, it's mostly white. And that parallels the double line too. Yep. Most commercials are white, most TV shows are white, most comedies, movies, any form of entertainment is white. It's an exception. Uh, when you see TV entertainment, you can focus on white names. And it's seen as an exception. It's seen as other. It's something that must be addressed. I'm, I'm like I was just telling her earlier. If y'all think back to early November and go from early November to last night, the vibe in this place has seriously changed. We play together, we sit out here and socialize together, we talk. Some of us are doing business with one another. We're hanging out outside of this. Mm. My goal was to create and build community. That was the whole goal. When I sat down with the owner and I sat down with Gray, we talked about it. That was my whole goal. It's working, but we still got a long way to go. Mm -hmm. we still and I can attest to the change in the dynamic here because I was out for six months. And when I left and when I came back, it was a whole different thing. I mean, just totally different. It was more somber and not as, I won't say fun's not the right word, but it was, there wasn't as much interaction between folks um, a year ago. It was tense. You could feel the tension when you would walk in here. You could feel the tension. And for a while, I would come in and, yeah, I knew a lot of people, but I would sit at a table and nobody would speak. I'd speak, and then I get, oh, I didn't see you sitting over there, and I go, how the hell not? I'm the brightest thing in here. How you didn't see me? I'm brighter than the damn light bulb. How you didn't see me? But it's slow progress, but progress nonetheless. But we just gotta keep having these conversations. Nobody likes to have a hard conversation, but sometimes you gotta get uncomfortable in your comfort. Mm -hmm. well, I'm going to make a comment. Um, it's hard for people like me, who's white, I have the privilege, and I know it. It's hard for me to know how to interact. Because, I mean, everybody knows here, I made a fool out of myself on Discord one day because I made a comment that I didn't think there was anything wrong with. Okay? But, and it's because, to me, it didn't seem bad. So, I think we just don't know how to interact when it comes to race relations. We're either scared to talk about it, or we just push it to the back of our minds so we don't have to deal with it. But you're here now. I know. Right. And you're I here. Actually, I mean, you I reached back. out to you because I want to be more involved, and I want to be, but I, but I want to make sure that I don't do it for the wrong reasons and say the wrong things and hurt people in the process because I don't, that 
Not the go. So I'm going to take this one real quick, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. As white people, we're going to fuck up. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to hurt people. Not on purpose, but African-American people, they're used to it. I hate to say it, but they're used to us stepping in it and stepping in it again. And at least if you try, you know, make the effort. Yes. Yeah. And, and when they call you on it, when somebody says, hey, that was actually not cool and here's why, Swallow your pride and go, oh, okay, thank you. Don't get defensive. Don't try counterattack. Just be like, I really appreciate you telling me that. Yeah. Because sometimes it's a basic thing of what you may think is a joke, we may find offensive. Mm -hmm. And so if the person tells you without getting all crazy, Hey, such so this is this this was not cool. We don't say this. And you just move on. One thing about this whole thing is that sad but true, and I wrote this on fit. When we enter the space, we know to walk in slowly, yep. don't touch shit, and don't fuck up. Because yep. we are not given that grace for a second chance. And if one of us fuck up, it's everybody because people think we are one collective brain. But if we let anybody in our space and they mess up, oh, well, it's all right. They didn't notice their first time here. We'll give that grace and give that chance, but that grace is not given back to us. And that's something that has to change. We don't know the rules. We're just as blind about it as y'all are. We don't know the rules. Everybody just trying to get by. But as far as interacting with people, for me, it's a simple, hey, how you doing? Dynamics be damn. It's a simple, hey, how you doing? You don't need a sign on your head to say, she's approachable. Uh, just wave at him. Uh, twerk for her. <laughs> Bring her a protein bar and give her some moon stars and glitter. <laughs> Common courtesy goes across the board. Race be damned. Hey, how you doing? And don't say girl. Or boy. Or boy. Don't say girl or boy until you get consent to use those. I didn't know that those were triggers until like two years ago. Because I talked to my friends and like, hey, girl. And I said girl to somebody and she was like, I do not like people calling me girl. I've stepped into it too. I had no <laughs> earthly idea. And we think it's things, but I had no idea she did not like being called a girl. And I have to watch that myself because I'm very southern. My family, I'm if we So I said, child, darling, honey, girl. Yes. I, and, I, yeah. and it's not it's not meant to be offensive. It's just, you know, not even with a race thing, just a locality thing. Yeah. It is very southern. That I, and the southern twain will come out. I mean, I call guys little dude. I'm like, what's up, little dude? <laughs> Better for me to call you little dude than fuck up your name. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, but I, the common courtesy thing goes a long way. I was actually telling Chris about this. I almost didn't come back because of my first experience with the lunch. Oh, no. Walked into the room and everyone stopped, looked. Chris was the first person to move her bag and offer a spot for me to see. Later, people approached, but at that point, I only stayed because I was waiting on somebody to meet me and I was going to leave. I wasn't going to come back. 
But those are the types of things you have to remember. Like being approachable and being able to have common courtesies goes a long way. When someone walks into a room, we most of us in the South, when you walk into a room, just hey, just acknowledge people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Why the intent may not be because someone is black because of our life experience right. that is the assumption yeah. what it is yeah. Yeah. especially when we walk into a room and we done heard chit chatter and laughter and, and as soon as we hit the threshold you can hear a rat pee on cotton it's like <laughs> was y'all talking about me speaking of southern hey. oh my god Y'all not hear that in school every day? Oh, <laughs> I did. I now, I'm from up north and I know about that. <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> and actually, they say a rat piss on cotton, but I was just trying to clean it up a little bit. But yeah. Out of how many African American folks? How many? It was like a lot of us. Thirty-five. How many people were here? It was like 35, 40 people here last night. It was a nice crowd. It was an event designed to bring the community together. Right. Right. Tonight, count how many white people on this bus? Six. No, we no, 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 no. We had this conversation. We're like, I think the work is being done to have this conversation because we're gonna walk into this space and nobody's gonna show up. So as white people, as people who know our friends who are not here, yeah, and who have access to them in ways not right, it's on us to say, hey, come to this talk with me, come to this stuff with me. Like we've got, I hate the term skin crap, but. We've got to use what, I mean, that's the way you get credit. Yeah. Yeah. We have to use our skin credit to influence change. Otherwise, it's part of the problem. That feels really... This audience should have been as big as the audience was for the trans education. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because yes. 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 that was a packed house. Yes. And what can we do about it? You know? I mean, here's, here's where it gets sticky. I don't know how many events like this that we can put on the impact calendar. And if they're not on the impact calendar, impact is not going to promote them because it's not their event. That's where it gets sticky because we're all representing impact because we're coming here to play. So if we was like to take the conversation to zoom and do like a zoom thing, it's going to have to be up to all of us who actively want to see a change to start posting it and telling people, hey, we're going to be on Zoom. We're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing that. Maybe we should have some munches where we have these conversations. Mm -hmm. We're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing that. It's going to be, sad to say, hard work going to be on all of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it just is. And if you got that friend who like, man, fuck this shit. I don't want to do that. Okay, move it on. I'm happy to help spearhead that. Part of the reason I started this reaching out and trying to see if we could do this is that I used to teach um, anti-racism 101 and 102 for a thing that I used to lead in Midtown for white people about white privilege, whiteness. And it was well attended, relatively speaking. I think I might have had 30 people in the room. Oh, that's but, good. But it wasn't a kink community. It's total different. It was yeah. the activist community, the progressive community, the people who get you know cookies, air quote cookies, mm -hmm. for, for coming to talk about this stuff. We could do munches. We can yeah. do Zoom. Let's do it. I'm I'm all for it. And mm -hmm. even if we can use this space, like 
They open early tonight. Maybe we can do a Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon. But it's still going to be up to us to promote it and get people involved and make them want to come. Because I'm going to tell y'all right now, some black people going to be like, same song and dance, nothing is going to change. Some white people going to be like, okay, they got enough. Why the hell are they complaining? Mm-hmm. And then you got those people in the middle be like, Shh, fuck this shit. I just want to play. Yeah. <laughs> there's people that really do feel that way. Like, oh, that's my place to just go play and relax. I shouldn't yeah. have to talk about racism there. But there are yeah. the people who aren't affected by it. They don't understand. Because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't get that option. They're not right? poorly intentioned, mm-hmm. but they just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Talking to your friends on a personal level, not just through posts and stuff, really matters to help them gain that insight. Yeah. That's part of the problem. We as white people can opt out anytime we want. We should be like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to stay in bed. I don't have to be a race today. Yeah, you do. Yep. Yeah. We get to be the ones on the top of the hierarchy every fucking day. Hey, I can't get a, a, a break from being black. It, it just it don't work out like that. Yeah. <laughs> white people take that for granted. I mean, and this is my thing. And that, that, it is not to make people, like, the reality of the privilege exists. I understand and I get it but in the midst of that, just being aware of it. Mm-hmm. Like even, you know, I have a level of privilege that some other African-Americans don't have. I'm highly educated. I have a professional job. That's not something everybody, I get a level of privilege that comes with Everybody gets some level of privilege, mm-hmm. but with that level of privilege comes a level of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we just got to make it happen. Right. So I also wonder if there is an extra hill in that one thing to see with BDSM is particularly white, white male dogs. A lot of us come to that from at least partially a traditionalist mindset. So you get the people who are taking the beliefs they grew up with in Mississippi and South Memphis and this area in the South, and they're applying that to their kink. But what you come with that is those same old school values of that set Memphis back 50 years, which is that, you know, I'm fine with the structure the way it is. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there is that extra level of work that we have to do. For as far as afternoon events, I love it. Let's bring food. Hey, food brings the people together. (laughs) Food is like music. I make a mean egg roll. And you do. He makes a mean egg roll. Make some veggies. You gotta prove it. We won't believe it until we try. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you should have came to my party last year. Grand try. He can vouch for it. Oh, but no, um, the people who are fence-sitters, you get them in for the food. Yeah. You get them in for the talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you begin to get conversation. What about yes. a newcomer's night, too? I like that. I'm down for that. Um, now, right now, 2022 is set. Um, 23. 23. 23. Yeah. Come on up here. <laughs> You're showing your age. You're showing your age. <laughs> Three is set. Um, if there are some of us who would be willing to like we talk to events and and advocate some of our months, I I've done a lot of one on one and my one on one on one events are not well attended right now. Maybe fuck one on one and bring in this. Yeah, so in April we do this because see next month I'm doing newcomers night and it's how to be an ally. 
Because you cannot be an ally in public and be a lie in private. It's going to tell. It's just going to show up and tell off on it. So that would be a continuation of this. And so if we pick it up for your newcomers night in April. So now we got a continuous thing going on. Until we can't on a Saturday and then we move it in. Grab food. I'm all for it. But, uh, but yeah, no, like cook outside on Saturdays or bring a pizza on Saturdays, uh, and then you can do something with that. I'm with the pizza. I'm feeling the pizza. I'm feeling the hamburger, too, off the grill, but I'm just saying. This is true. <laughs> we got time for the game? Yeah, let, let's do the activity. So um, this is actually going to. So, after I stopped the recording, we went and did an exercise. Now, I'm going to tell you, this exercise was nothing that a child couldn't do. When you break it down, it was a series of questions that were being asked. Nothing hard, nothing that you really had to uh, analyze, think about it, anything. It was really a yes or no. Now, I've seen this done in some TikTok videos, in some Instagram posts where people are re, uh, refocusing on talk shows from like the late 80s, early 90s, when people were talking about race really, really heavily. But every time I've seen this exercise, I've always seen it where the questions are asked and you have to raise your hand. And I want you to hold on to the raise your hand because it's going to make sense in a minute. When we did the exercise last night, first things first, I never knew the exercise had a name. When I read the notes, it said one foot, one step forward, one step back. Okay. I didn't even read the questions. I just read an overview of the exercise. And I didn't read the questions because I knew I was going to participate. So I didn't want to leg up. I wanted to be just as surprised and or authentic as everyone else in the room. So we got up and we went into the larger space and we all stood in the line. And we all were in a straight line side by side. The presenter started asking questions. Now, this is where it comes in where I ask you to hold on to raising your hand. So she starts to ask the questions. And if these things affect you, you take one step forward or you take one step backwards. Or you just don't move at all if it has nothing to do with you. I want to say there were probably seven to ten questions. And I believe it was only one question that I was able to take a step forward. Everything else, I had to take a step back. So when the exercise is over, I'm looking around the room and I'm like, okay, so... Oh, 
myself and all of my black friends were in the back of the line that started. And all of the white friends had moved closer to the presenter. Now, remember I told you to hold on to raising your hand. This exercise I had never done before, but I had seen it done. And these were not the same questions, but they were on the line, excuse me, of the same questions that were being asked. However, looking around a room and seeing people raise their hand versus looking around the room and see who has moved forward, who has moved backwards, and who is in the same position as if they never moved at all. Oh, baby, that does something to you. It's called the privilege walk. And the series of questions are based on things that happen in everyday life. Whether you're going through them or not. And it showed, oh my God, it showed the vast difference between white and black. That hit me. That hit me and that hit me hard. Because as I've stated before, racism and race has only become a big part of my conversation over the last few years. No, my family wasn't kumbaya, we all this, that, and the third. No. It, it wasn't like that. But... There was no, pressing thing that we had to sit and talk about race and race relations on a regular. I'll say that. There was nothing pressing going on. Now, I'm not talking about my entire family. I'm talking about my parents and my siblings and I in our home. There was no pressing need for us to start discussing it on a regular basis like that. Now, when we moved from Chicago to the South, yeah, there were some things we all had to adjust to. But again, my struggle was different from everybody else's because I'm having to defend my blackness to black people. I have to prove to you that I am just as black as you. Just because my skin is brighter does not mean I'm any less down than you. Now, I ain't going for no stupid shit. Let's start right there. I'm not your Bonnie and Clyde ride or die bitch. No. I don't side with wrong. No. I'm not about to help you do nothing wrong. Nope. I'm not going to condone you in your wrong. Nope. And if that's proving my blackness, then, uh, I'm sorry. I'm not there with you. But standing up for what's right, doing what's right, educating people, yeah, I'm all for that. 
I'm all for that. But all that stupid shit, no, we ain't taking no charge. We ain't doing none of that. Nope. Mm -mm. Sorry. Not sorry. But the conversation last night, it was really good. The exercise was heavy. I was so emotionally charged and not in a good way. I needed a drink. I'm not going to even lie. I needed a fucking drink. I did not know that those questions would be uncomfortable, triggering. I didn't even know when me moving backwards in the room, that it would make me feel almost powerless. And again, y'all, these are not some complicated questions where you got to analyze and rationalize and go around the world in 80 days to come up with an answer. No, these are simple yes or no. This is real time, yes or no. And I challenge everybody, get with your friends. Even if you don't have any white friends, get with your other black and POC friends and indigenous friends and do the exercise. I'm almost positive you can probably find it online. If not, I will try to find it and post the link on one of my social media pages. But y'all, that thing, that systemic racism thing, that shit is real and it runs motherfucking deep. But it's like I said in our discussion yesterday, you have to become uncomfortable in your comfort. That's the only way things are going to get better. No, a BIPOC person should not always be leading the charge to teach white people how to act or teach them how to recognize their privilege. It should not be our duty to teach you. Number one, you should want to learn. When you know better, you do better. And as you get older, it's supposed to be with age comes wisdom and maturity. Some people get it, some people don't. But God damn, it's 2023. You are not above anybody and no one is below you. Nobody's trying to erase you or anything. But the days are gone when people are going to water down their comments, concerns, their tone, or anything like that, just so you don't feel uncomfortable. You can give attitude all day long and society will accept it as what it is. You're mad. Let a black person give attitude and society will go, there's that angry black woman or there's that angry black man or oh, they're dangerous. 
And because people are so stupid, they think we are all of a collective mind. So if one of us is angry, the rest of us have to be angry. If one of us is doing fuck shit, the rest of us have to be doing fuck shit. We are individuals. We all don't think alike. We all don't believe the same. We all were brought up differently, just like y'all. Just like y'all. It's easy for people to generalize a group of people. Because that means you get to ignore that group of people. Because like I said, one fuck up, all of them fucked up. But we don't get to do the same thing. In 2023, we can have our space, but you still have some non-BIPOC people who think that because they are white, they have a right to said space. But they can lock the doors, board up the windows, and put alarms and cameras and everything and have all these things that you got to jump through hoops for. And even if you jump through all the hoops and never get burned and never get scathed and stuff like that, you still won't be fucking allowed. Why? Because you are black. And nobody will say a mumbling word. We can open up an establishment. And it can't be just black people. We got to let everybody in. But everybody else can open up an establishment and they don't have to let us in. And if they can't, if they can't just not let us in, they'll find ways around it for us to either grow tired, get frustrated, or just plain say, fuck it. We have a seat at the table, but we're not sitting in the back of the room anymore. We have a seat at the table, but we're not just sitting here passing out water and then going to sit down or passing out notes and we're just going to sit down and take notes. We have a seat at the table, i.e. meaning we have a voice in the room and I'll be damned if you're not going to listen. I saw something on TikTok the other day and the lady was doing a talk. And they they, uh, reshared a show from Oprah in 1992. And she was doing the talk and she made a very good point because the white people in the audience were uncomfortable for one hour where they couldn't get a word in edgewise because she was doing the education and she wanted them to listen. You couldn't get a word in and you were uncomfortable for an hour and you were ready to cry, storm, scream, whatever you needed to do. But think about black people who are uncomfortable every day of their lives, all day, 24 hours a day, uncomfortable in our sleep, uncomfortable in our kitchens, uncomfortable sitting and watching TV with the family or the grandbabies, uncomfortable shopping, uncomfortable pumping gas, uncomfortable in the workplace. Who the hell else has that much discomfort in their life and still have to put on a smile? Think about that. Think about that. Who is uncomfortable shopping? Walking around the store, you got money in your pocket, you got your credit cards and everything, but because the color of your skin 
folks walking behind you trying to see what you need. Can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? You're not being polite. You're profiling. Think about that. Just think about that. There's a show on Netflix, Georgia and Jenny. She is the only black girl in an English class, an honors English class. And her white teacher has decided that she should bring a book for them to read. But the book that she brought to read was, uh, I think, unsettling for the class. Well, for him. Class wanted to read it. It was by a black person. The teacher didn't want to read it. Mm -mm. Too much. Think about that. Think about the fact that in 2023, there are people in Washington and in other states that don't even want us to learn more about us because it's going to make somebody uncomfortable. Well, damn, we've been uncomfortable our whole lives. You mean to tell me you can't be uncomfortable for 28 goddamn days? Are you serious? And I know some people might say, oh, damn, she angry. Not angry. Not angry at all. It's just that when things are brought to the forefront of your mind that you wouldn't normally think about, it's unsettling. It is unfucking settling. Make America great again. Mm, when was America great? Built on lies and rape and pillaging and stealing and all of that good shit. I guess that was great. But you still lying and pillaging and all of that good shit. Mm, okay. Let's take slavery out of the history book. Well, damn, what was it? Oh, we all just lived together in one big happy family and this, then, the third. Really? We did? So why were black people getting beat? Why couldn't black people buy their way back to freedom? And even when they were free, they still weren't free because you took everything from them. I'm just saying. Race is a hard conversation to have. It really is. It's not easy. It's not easy for the people that experience it on a regular basis. And it's not easy for the people who have no clue. But like I say, almost on all my podcasts, we've got to do better. We've got to do better. But you have got to do the work, too. You don't get a pat on the back. You don't get a cookie. You don't get a special award. You don't get anything like that. You don't. There's no cookie or award to basic human kindness. There's no cookie or award to basic manners and human decency. There's no cookie or reward for respecting people. There's no cookie or reward for being friends with people. You don't get an award. This is not a special thing. 
And for those who grew up with parents who were racist and all of that good stuff, now is the time to unlearn. In the black culture, we talk about generational curses a lot. Well, guess what? To my white friends, break the generational curse of being like your family was. Especially if you know that's not you. You know you don't hate people. You know you don't want to dislike people. You don't want to mistreat people. You want to learn about people. You want to get to know people. You want to be empathetic to people. Break the generational curse. Break the generational curse of turning a blind eye and a deaf ear. Break the generational curse where this does not concern me. Break the generational curse of, well, uh, I can I don't see color. You a lie. You do see color. I said this on a podcast a while ago. It's easy to get things done for anybody and anything else under the sun as long as you don't put black first. I'm queer, but I'm black. They'll take the queer part. I'm trans, but I'm black. They'll take the trans part. I'm disabled, but I'm black. They'll take the disabled part. Notice what I'm saying to you. The black is always left out. But you were black before you were all these things. But uh, the society doesn't see that. They'll ignore the black and pick up on this thing. But this thing is a part of you, just like your blackness is a part of you. And if you continue to allow people to reduce you down to this thing or this title without acknowledging the fact that you are a human and you are a black human, who if I did not have these things attached to me, I would still be a black person, a black human who deserves to be seen and heard and respected. Don't let people reduce your blackness to nothing just to uphold whatever you got sitting in front of you. I am a black albino, not an albino who happens to be black. I'm a black albino, period. No, I'm not a person with albinism. I'm sorry. That's a term that I just, I'm too old to even, yeah, this is who I am. Or I tell people I'm a black woman who happens to be an albino. Be proud of who you are. Be proud of all of you. If you're going to accept me as queer, you can accept me as black. If you're going to accept me as trans, you can accept me as black. You can't remove one from the other because when they do that, they're only accepting a part of you that they can deal with. The other part they can ignore. And when you're in your fight and in your struggle that has nothing to do with the other side of you, but it has everything to do with you being black, watch those people walk smooth the fuck off. Those are not the people you want in your life. Those are not the people you want in your life. I have black friends, but you accept them because they're in the same tax bracket as you are. But if they were not in your tax bracket, would you still accept them? You accept them because they're in your neighborhood and they go to school with you or they work with you. But if they didn't do any of that and y'all were sitting on a bus ride or a train ride side by side for hours on end, would you even open your mouth to say something to them except probably excuse me so you can go to the bathroom? 
See, if we remove the other parts of who we are and make people accept us for who we are as a person first and then add the titles, you'll see your friend dynamic change whole, whole lot. And for some people, it may not change because genuinely, there are some good people out here who will genuinely take on you and your titles, you and your lifestyles. I was black before I became kinky. I was black before I became a member of the BDSM community. I was black before I started selling toys. I was black before I had children. I've been black my whole life. You can't take away the fact that I'm black and just attach me and deal with me because of the other things in my life I will not have it I'm not going for it and that's what works for me now if that don't work for you hey we good that's on you and to my black people who are struggling reach out to somebody and talk to them if things that have happened to you from black people, talk to black people to see how you can resolve those things or get help for those things. But don't just turn your back to black people and only come back when it's convenient for you, when other people done pissed you off or you feel like you done seen something, heard something. Uh, smelled something, felt something that made you uncomfortable. Now we become the complaint board until you're all right again. And once you're all right, you go back cross street. And you don't pick us back up until the next incident. I'm sorry, we're not your dumping ground. Well, I'm not going to say we. I'm not your dumping ground. I'm not, I'm not, uh-uh. I'm not fit to do that. I'm not fit to do that. Your choice is your choice and that's fine. But you will not be black and down in the dark and act like we don't exist in the light. We ain't doing it. We ain't doing it. I'm not doing it. So once again, y'all excuse my voice. It's the weather. Mother Nature need a medicine. But I challenge everybody to, to do the privilege walk, to take a good look at your friends and your family. I challenge you to confront those things that may scare you. Confront those things that you didn't even know were bothering you until whatever happened or whatever was said. I, I just challenge you to do that. I challenge you to do better. White people, I challenge you to pick up a book. Pick up the phone. When you see somebody and y'all in a mutual space, reach out and befriend that person. Not just because they're black, but because you genuinely want to forge a relationship, a friendship. Get to know people. It is crazy that in 2023, we are still dealing with shit that our parents dealt with. And they were dealing with shit that their parents dealt with. So you mean to tell me my grandchildren are going to deal with the same shit that I'm dealing with? 
No, it shouldn't be like that. We got to break these habits. We have got to do better than what was done to us. We're making progress, slow progress, but we're making it. And they say slow progress is better than no progress. And we all going to fuck up. We're so busy trying to be politically correct. We are fucking up. So just start with the basics. Hello, how are you? Hey, what's your name? Compliment. That's a pretty dress. Oh, I love those shoes. What's up, my guy? That's it. That's it. And if you think you're going to say something that is offensive, if it, th- if it sounds offensive in your head, nine times out of ten, it's going to be more offensive when it come out your mouth. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. So with that, I hope again that this conversation has started a conversation somewhere. Until next time, keep it safe, keep it sane, keep it consensual, and keep it kind. Welcome to the Central Garden. I am the Central Seductress, owner and operator of the Central Garden, also known as Mistress Alluring in the BDSM kink circles or community. My podcast has adult content. It is not intended for children. If you're not at least 18 years of age or older, please find something else to do. My podcast is not safe for work. And it's not safe for speakerphone if you're not in the car or with other adults. So please respect the little people and not share this with them. And now, let's get into it. Thank you for tuning in to the Central Garden. Once again, I am the Central Seductress, a.k.a. Mistress Alluring. You can find me on Facebook, The Central Seductress, on Instagram, The underscore Central underscore Seductress, on Twitter, The Central Garden, on TikTok, The Central Seductress 69. If you're looking to enhance your playbag and your toy essentials, you can shop at thecentralgarden.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, even show suggestions, Drop me an email at thecentralgarden at gmail.com. And it's spelled S-Y-N-S-U-A-L. Check out my Patreon page. Sign up for one of my tiers. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Until next time, keep it safe, keep it sane, and keep it consensual.